This is Ken Lubin, the host and founder of the Executive Athletes Podcast, and welcome to this week's episode. I want to thank everyone that's been listening, and thank you for the comments and feedback. They're awesome and an incredible help in this journey to making this podcast better and better each episode. Once again, this is unscripted and unedited, as I believe it it is the best way to get to really know the guest. Welcome to today's episode. Today's guest is Ryan Zakin. Ryan is a total rock star in everything that he does. He's currently the CEO of Bonsante Group, which is a world-class nutraceutical group where his mission is to drive revenues, generate increased earnings, and ultimately enhance shareholder value. Prior to his time at Bonsante, he was the interim CEO or COO at Twin Lab, which I'm sure many of us know, or many of you know, a publicly held 50-year-old international health and wellness company. But one of the coolest things about Ryan's background is that he's been trained in the intelligence community and many of the agencies that we can all think about. He's a passionate Ironman and trains closely with a number of CEOs who are chasing the Ironman dream. And I just found out chatting right now, he's a big time skier and we all know we talk a lot about that here as well. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got doing what you're doing. You've, you know, you're, you're big in the nutraceutical business and done some pretty cool stuff. So I'd love to hear it from your side. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a crazy but but really blessed journey. You know, I always say I went from the uh, from the police academy to the boardroom. Um, you know, the the career trajectory really has been, you know, a willingness to fail. I think is probably the best way to say it. Um, you know, put myself in situations that I either sink or swim. And fortunately for me, most of the time I've swam. Uh, a lot of the times I've sunk, and that's kind of made me a, a better person, uh, a better leader, and a more determined uh, you know individual on a day to day. Now, and I love what you're saying, right? It's sort of sink or swim and sort of figure it out along the way. I think, you know, I think that's probably the best, some of the best traits of business people as well as athletes. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of similarities, uh, you know, that run parallel between, you know, successful athletes and successful business folks. I'm, you know, by no means uh, a competitive, uh, you know, Olympian. Uh, you know, I've done one Ironman under my belt. I've, you know, done about 30 full marathons. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you do a 5k, an IM or you're an Olympic gold medalist, you know, you start something and you finish it. And I think there's a lot of uh, crossovers in there, which is why you see a lot of uh, successful business folks that are also successful at other areas of their life. And talk to us a bit about that. I know when we first spoke, you had mentioned that you're part of a network that trains together, right? Of CEOs and you're out there sort of getting after it um, all the time, but also not afraid to do business along the way. Talk to us about the importance of that. Yeah, so it it started really organically. I uh, I was part of a uh, a 100 mile relay team. There's a race called the Keys 100 that goes from uh, Key Largo to Key West, and I had always kind of had this idea that I wanted to do an Ironman. I never really had time in my life. The training, you know, is uh, is a long process, and my um, the origination of that really was, you know, I like trying things that I don't think I can do. And, you know, if you and I spoke tomorrow morning and you said, hey, Ryan, I'm doing, a, uh, you know, a marathon on Sunday. Do you want to run it? I could run it with you and I could finish. I'm not going to win, but I could finish. And I always saw the I am distance really as something that I couldn't just wake up and do. Um, you know, and in my life, that's really kind of the one thing that I look for is what are things that I actually have to put in effort for and how do I achieve those goals? So I always wanted to be an Ironman. That was kind of my 
my um, my fitness lifelong you know kind of goal. And um, I joined this relay team running the Keys 100, and uh, I met this guy named Brian, who turned out to be uh, he's the CFO of a private equity firm, you know, close to where I live. And you know, we became friends, living in a van for three days doing this race, and then we became friends afterwards. We started training together, and uh, you know, we kind of looked at each other one day and. We started talking about Ironman and he's like, yeah, I'd love to do one. And I said, I'd love to do one. And neither of us were avid bikers or swimmers. We were both runners. He's a, a much larger guy than I am, but huge in the gym, you know, really, uh, really, really strong guy. And, uh, and we both kind of said, all right, well, let's go out and get some bike and we'll, you know, we'll borrow a bike from a friend and see if we like it. So we went out and borrowed bikes. I rode a girl's bike. And he borrowed a bike from a friend whose forearm pad was legitimately a Brillo pad uh, taped with duct tape to the handlebars. And we decided we were going to bike a few miles. We biked a few miles. wasn't too terrible. We did a sprint triathlon. And we finished close to the podium in our age group. And we both kind of looked at each other and were like, okay, we enjoy this. We can do this. And uh, the rest is history. I did Ironman Cozumel in COVID, which is a whole other conversation we could talk about. And he unfortunately had his IM canceled in COVID. So he's doing Chattanooga this year. Uh, but yeah, the, the ability to spend time in saddle with him and on runs and, you know, he's a CFO of a company. I'm the CEO of a company going public and, you know, pick each other's brains in business and life in general. It's just been, uh, it's another way that uh, sport and, you know, business collide. And talk to us a bit about the training, right? The importance of sort of staying after it, but as well as getting business done. Because a lot of people say, oh, I'm too busy and I can't train for this and I can't do that. Talk to us a bit about that and how, you know, how you get it done. Yeah, I mean, that was me, right? I had made excuses for why I couldn't do an IM my whole life. It was either, uh, you know, I'm too busy, I'm running this company, I'm building a startup, I'm, you know, have a lot of other things going on in my personal life. Um, you know, and then one day you meet someone who motivates you and holds you accountable. And really, I give Brian the credit for getting me across the finish line, uh, you know, in so many ways. I mean, five o'clock in the morning training sessions, holding me accountable. Uh, you know, it takes it takes someone who knows what you're going through and who you respect and you'll listen to to uh, to get you to get you there. And so, yeah, it's always hard. You know, there's always an excuse. But, you know, 5 a.m. wake up and set your alarm and be disciplined and chase a goal and uh, I can tell you, you know, having completed an Ironman in COVID, the hardest part, which is part of the journey, is is really just getting to the to the start line, right? If you do the work and you put in the effort, you know, your body will take you through the race. Getting there is tough. In in COVID, we weren't sure if the race was going to get canceled. There was a hurricane the week before. The ferry was canceled. We had to charter a plane to get over to Cozumel from Cancun. You know, when we got there, the road that we ran the marathon on hadn't been paved. It was a it was a dirt path which turned into mud. It, like it, it it was a nightmare. But I finished, thank God. I you know a lot of people finished, and I think that's part of why the the Ironman journey you know was exciting to me was because it's the ultimate equalizer, right? Ironman doesn't care how successful you are, how many cars you have, how much money you make, whether you're single, married, or divorced. Everybody on that day goes through the same thing. Everybody had 24 mile an hour winds on one side of the island. Everybody had, you know, current in the, in the water. It's the ultimate equalizer. And that's really attractive to me. No, and, and I love what you're saying there, right? Once you're at the starting line, it's everyone's in the same boat. It's, it takes you to the next level. Everyone's, you know, got struggles. And if you think the race is going to go perfect, you're wrong. I've run a lot of races. I've never had one go perfect. So take that for what it is. Oh, exactly. Uh, ne neither have I, right? It's, you're always, <laughs> right. I, was, I was doing this one race 
and I forget where it was. And I think it was up in New Hampshire and my front derailleur cable broke. And I'm like, oh no, what do I do now? And I stopped the car that was going by me. They had an Allen key. I didn't have an Allen key. I took my front derailleur cable off. And then at that point I had to shift with my fingers, you know, the whole front derailleur. It wasn't, I couldn't even just, I had to take that whole derailleur off because of that, because it'll always just stay in the little ring. And I was like, wait, you know, hear what happens. But then I went on to win the race. So it's like, you know, you're always overcoming something in order to, you know, to succeed. Yeah, when I, so I trained uh, using the book Be Iron Fit, uh, which was actually given to me by a friend of mine who uh, had also completed an Ironman. And I always looked at it like if she could do it, and she is a competitive ultra runner who's, you know, maybe 5'1", 100 pounds. And I always said, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And one thing that, that she told me, you know, during training, there were a couple of moments where I was like, I, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And she said, you didn't come this far to just come this far. And, you know, you keep that in the back of your head. And here I am, I'm in Cozumel, I'm all geared up, I'm on my bike, I'm head into 24 mile an hour winds on the backside of the island, remnants of a hurricane. I'm, you know, sweating because it's, because uh, I'm hot, it's raining, so I'm cold and wet. And I just kind of want, for a minute, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I think a combination of the fact that I still had to bike to the other side of the island to quit. But also in the back of my head, I was like, I didn't come this far just to come this far. That kind of pushed me through. And I think everybody has one of those moments during an endurance race like an Ironman where they're just, you know, am I going to do this or am I not? And you make a, a choice to just continue. And I think that's also applicable to life, right? I mean, everybody's had those moments. I had one where, you know, you're crying on the floor of a hotel room because, you thought what you were going to do for your life just got taken away from you due to no fault of your own. And you got to figure out a way to wake up and dust yourself off and figure out what you're going to do next because no one's going to help you. No, exactly. A hundred percent. Right. And, and the good thing is on individual sports like that is it's you against you, no matter, no matter what it's for the, the fastest person or the slowest person, it's still you against you. Yeah, you know, 100%. And my, you know, my goal time for I am was was 12 hours. Um, you know, I finished 14 hours, uh, 29 minutes and 30 seconds. And so I was disappointed in myself that I took a lot longer than I than I thought I could. I didn't anticipate, uh, you know, an unpaved road, an injury at mile six on the run. But at the end of the day, I, I set out a goal, I finished. And if you can do that, you can do anything. And that's why I believe Iron Man's motto, anything is possible, really, you know, is, is the truth. And I can tell you, I've been on runs since I am in the humidity in South Florida where I live. And I'm, I'm you know, at the turning point of a 10 mile run at mile five. And I'm just thinking, there's no way I can finish this. And in my head, I'm like, well, I did an Ironman in Cosmo in a hurricane. I can do this. And I finished. And so it really leads, you know, post Ironman or post, you know, endurance races that you complete, it really gives you the self, uh, the self-confidence that you can really accomplish anything. No, it is. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk to you, you know, from the business side, right? You're in the nutraceutical business. You've been, uh, you know, among sort of the leaders in that space. Talk to us a bit about, you know, what you're, what you're going through about leading, leading your team, bringing it public, what, you know, those types of things. Yeah, it's it's really exciting, uh, you know, for us. I uh, my previous engagement, I was the chief operating officer of Twin Lab, so a 50-year kind of legacy brand. Everyone knows Twin Lab from back in the day, and uh, you know, I was actually what I call a user. I used Twin Lab all through college. One of their products called Rib Fuel had ephedra in it, 
And so when the opportunity to, to lead the business through a, a tumultuous time in their history came up, I jumped on it because I believed in the product. I was a user. And so, uh, you know, I took on the responsibility of TwinLab. We were a, a turnaround at that time. We were turning around, uh, you know, a, a number of years of, of mismanagement and, and everything that comes along with that as a public entity. And it was amazing. We, we, we created a culture at that company that made people want to come to work. And then COVID happened. And really, we didn't know what we didn't know what to think. Um, you know, COVID occurred. I was in the middle of training for an Ironman. You know, the business, uh, you know, is so up in the air because nobody really knew what was going to happen. And it turned out that in the nutraceutical space, COVID, you know, really accelerated the growth of our space because for the first time now, people are taking health as wealth seriously. And we saw just a massive uptick in demand. We had to reposition ourselves from, you know, big box to direct to consumer like the rest of the world because there was no more big box. They were closed. And it was really a phenomenal, phenomenal, um, you know, time in the, in the company's history and, and ultimately ended up taking this job as CEO of, of the Bonsante Group or BSG. And we are a more um, consolidator in the health and wellness space. So we buy other companies like TwinLab. Um, we put them together and we uh, grow through consolidation and uh, we have a, an IPO tentatively in Q4 of this year. So it's really, really exciting. The, um, you know, I, I always said that I've had two secret goals in life. Uh, one was to be an Ironman and the other one was to be the CEO of a public company by the time I turned 40. And uh, I'm now 39, so I have a little bit of time left to achieve the second one, but I really couldn't be happier with, um, you know, with what happened uh, at TwinLab, my IM, and now obviously BSG, it's, um, you know, it's very, it's very exciting. But with that, I'm, you know, I'm talking to you from Pittsburgh, I'm back on the road. Um, I, I'm doing what I love, which is talking to people, making relationships, uh, building, you know, my different businesses, giving jobs, and I love the face to face. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, a huge part of uh, what I'm happy to see coming back is face to face business. And uh, you never know who you're going to meet along the way, whether it be a fellow Ironman that you accidentally happen to, uh, you know, run into in a, in a meeting uh, or, you know, you just you meet great people and, and you never know what's going to come out of it. No, definitely. Right. And I think that's the importance of it is you never and especially now the importance of network and getting out there is more important than ever. Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can get after it, you know, in a boardroom setting and then make that relationship and take that onto a road and do cycling and go running or do a triathlon and and make that that relationship outside of the boardroom. I mean, that's the ultimate networking, right, is shared commonalities and shared interests between executives. And then their their entities do business together. And, uh, you know, that's just that that's the ultimate relationship. And so it's really been it's really been a blessing, I, you know, through the the IM journey and, you know, just being connected in the physical fitness space. I've met some amazing people who I otherwise would never have known existed. And some of them have become some of my closest, some of my closest friends. You know, I mean, look at, look at Brian, right? He held me accountable for my IM. I'm holding him accountable for his. We met in the back of a van at a hundred mile race in the Keys. You know, it turns out he's a CFO. I'm a C, I'm a CEO. And, you know, that, there, there's the example of how that happens. Right. No, exactly. Right. And that's how things, well, people end up doing business with people who are like them too. That's the other piece. And that's actually why I started this whole group to begin with. Yeah. I mean, the like-minded, you know, and I think that's also, that's part of what attracts 
people to other people is like-minded. And, you know, we all know the barrier to entries of triathlon and really high-level endurance sports are very high, right? You have to take time off the train. The cost of a, a serious road bike is expensive. It just, it adds up and it adds up. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of people that can have that flexibility in their life to do that. And it's been great to meet other like-minded people who are, who are kind of in that same space. And I think what you'll find is if you talk to a lot of us, We've all had kind of this um, this journey, and I'm going to steal uh, a quote from someone else who you who you've actually spoken to, a guy named James Fell. He said, you know, you always have a holy shit moment, right? And I actually think he wrote a book entitled it "The Holy Shit Moment." And everybody that you talk to has had one of those, and it's all about how you respond to those. Some of them, some people, you know, find success. Some people find success later. Um, you know, some people turn that into other things. And so, you know, I've just been fortunate that that my my holy shit moment, you know, back in the day has led to to success, you know, both per- personally and professionally. No, and I think that's huge, right? And, and and sort of getting it and understanding it too is the other piece of the puzzle is like, hey, this is real. And this is an opportunity for us to, you know, to really build something. I mean, listen, I moved to Florida from California after I had exited my own business. I had never done a dollar of business in Florida. I didn't know anybody except for people that were related and had my same last name. Even though I had gone to high school there, I really hadn't stayed connected with many people. I went off to Ohio State, go Bucks, and uh, you know went to school there and then California for the for the remainder. And I came back to Florida, didn't know anybody, and really was able to meet like-minded people. Uh, you know, worked with an executive recruiter to get my first uh, you know placement, and then kind of from there. And so it's it's really a testament to just putting good energy out there and good things will happen to you. And I'll be the first to tell you, you know, I was scared shitless moving to Florida. Um, I moved because of my family. I wanted to be closer. And, you know, my friend who I refer to as Granola uh, in California, uh, she said to me, she goes, you're an amazing person. You're social, just be you and good things will happen. And I looked at her and I said, that's not the way life works. And sure enough, you know, here we are. There she, and Granola knew, right? So I've never made fun of her since about, you know, being granola and whatever that means. And she can see her shaman and do whatever she needs to do because she was right. And, you know, and, and I just couldn't get out of my own way. And I think a lot of it is also, you know, you, I've told this story a number of times when I was taking this, this role, uh, the chairman of my board put together an SEC bio for me and I started reading it. And I, at some point in the middle, I lost myself in the fact that that was me. And I'm reading this guy's bio. And at the end, I was like, wow, that guy's really impressive. And then I was like, wait, that's me. And we're so close to the fire in our own successes sometimes that we can't get out of our own way. And I think that's really what, what had happened to me. And so moving to Florida, it's amazing. I'm closer to family. And now I have an amazing social circle and, and professional network. It just took taking kind of a step out of my own comfort zone to, you know, to achieve that next level of success. And it's, you know, three C-suite positions later and, uh, you know, about to take the company public. No, and taking that first step to get out of your comfort zone is probably one of the biggest steps, right? Because that's the scariest part. And I think a lot of people, they're scared of failure, but I think deep down people are more scared of success because they don't know (laughs) what to do at that point. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely agree with that. You know, people are always, uh, you know, afraid to, to venture out of what they're comfortable with. And success is not very comfortable for people who have never had it before. It wasn't for me. Um, and it still isn't for me. 
you know, you always try to be self-deprecating because I believe, you know, in this society, we're taught to not be braggadocious about ourselves and not tout our own success. Um, so we tend to deflect to others. And while that's great, uh, you know, and you want to be a, a servant leader and prop everybody else up, you have to look at the man in the mirror and be proud of who's staring back at you. And if you do that and you're proud of yourself, then you can empower others and build businesses and give jobs and, and help others achieve the success that you've had. But it all starts with how you see yourself and, and making sure that you're happy with, with who you are and not being afraid. Or like I said at the beginning, having a willingness to fail. No, definitely. Talk to us a bit about leading through COVID, right? Because this is a big topic and I've, you know, from my executive recruiting side, it's a question I ask a lot of people and love to hear your thoughts because leading through this time has been very interesting. Yeah, so I have a, probably have a different view on leading through COVID than most people just because of the circumstance. So one of, you know, I was with Twin Lab uh, when COVID happened and we fortunately were in a downsizing mode anyways. My, my job was essentially a turnaround. And so I was in the middle of downsizing our corporate footprint, um, especially in the real estate area. So we were giving up office space anyways, trying to figure out a way to keep our SG&A down. And one of the things that we had done was we were letting people work from home. So prior, literally in February, the month before everything shut down, we had ordered duplicate monitors, duplicate phones, duplicate everything for everybody because we were trying to give up some of the massive office space that was cutting into a lot of our, uh, our revenue. And so when COVID happened, I looked at my CFO and I was just like, we're doing this anyways. This is easy for us. Everybody's working from home already. And so really the transition was very minimal. Um, you know, it was a blessing in disguise. We had already canceled some of our leases and, you know, done some things, closed up some offices as a way to save on, uh, on some GNA. And, uh, you know, it was, it was really, it was really fascinating for us. We are also, you know, in the immunity space and in the health and wellness and vitamin and supplement space. And so once we realized that people were going to start stocking up on vitamin C and immunity and things like that, um, you know, our business kind of uh, took a, a, you know, a, an electric shock to it, if you will. And the trajectory really took off. And so our employees went from being scared about losing their jobs to being happy to be part of a company that is providing, you know, quality focused products to, you know, the populace in a time of, um, you know, of pandemic. No, it is. Right. And I think, and you guys, for the, you know, a lot of people, listeners, they're instead of, you know, just sort of sitting back and saying, oh, you know, we're just going to sit and wait for the vaccine to come you could go build your immune system. You could go do, right? You could be active. You could still be out there getting after it, which will then help you if you're around it to hopefully fend it off. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm a believer, right? Part of why I, I've taken the roles that I've taken professionally is because I believe in the effectiveness of supplements and vitamins. And our industry has transformed a lot in the last 30 and 50 years, you know, it used to be this wild, wild west industry, there was no regulation. And now it's very, it's highly regulated. Um, you know, obviously not as much as pharma, but we're getting there. And, you know, we're excited about that. We want the regulation because we want people to take our industry seriously. And so when COVID happened, we were forced to come up with new formulas for vitamin C and immunity. We were forced to partner with other companies that were our competition and are now, uh, you know, our friend in business because we didn't have a choice. Uh, you know, raw material shortages, supply chain challenges, all of these things that happened, you know, in the last calendar year and are still affecting the industry, uh, you know, they forced us to make friends with enemies. 
And, you know, I mean, I'm literally, I'm talking to you from Pittsburgh. I'm here, you know, meeting with a, a former vendor uh, who is providing product to us where we were competitors. Now we're partners and we're hedging our bets and using our volumes together to buy things at bigger bulk and cheaper price and place bigger orders in certain markets so that we get first crack at the inventory. And, and, you know, these are things that would never have happened, you know, a year and a half ago, let alone five or 10 years. And so it's really, you know, I see the positive effects of COVID specifically in our industry. No, I think, and also too, it's going to, you know, I think people are going to come out of it with a greater appreciation for health and wellness, hopefully, right. And be able to make a difference and feel better and be healthier and be active. I think they will, you know, I'll tell you in South Florida, the thing that I've noticed the most is the level of cycling traffic on a Sunday morning on A1A, which is the road that runs along the beach right where I live, has almost quadrupled in a year because people are spending more time outside. They're taking their health and wellness seriously. They've taken up hobbies like cycling or running in quarantine, and that is creating a lasting effect. And so I think our business, uh, you know, specifically Bonsante, as well as our entire industry is well positioned into the future. And we look forward to growing it and being, you know, a player within this, uh, within this space. No, it's, it's huge. Right. And I think out where I live too, I live near a local mountain outside of Boston and it was crazy how many people have been out there, both hiking, skiing, riding their bikes, getting after it. So hopefully it keeps rolling and we don't become too busy again. Right. So <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I, th- I mean, it's exciting, you know, seeing all these people out and about, you know, like I said, I, I was a runner before I was a triathlete and, and, you know, morning runs for me, you know, were always great right along the, uh, right along the ocean and A1A. And now the amount of, of runner traffic and cycling traffic is just excellent. And I hope people stay with it and continue to get after it and wake up every morning and, and say, Hey, what can I do to hate today to, uh, to improve my health and, you know, take some uh, supplements and vitamins, shameless plug right there, but uh, you know, keep our industry thriving. Perfect. No, good stuff. Anyways, this has been awesome. And Ryan, you know, you've been a great guest, given some great insight. Tell us where people can check you out, where they can find more about you, what you're up to. So, you know, LinkedIn, feel free to connect with me, say hi. Uh, I am in the South Florida area. Um, you know, I love meeting and connecting with other executives and people in the space, whether you're passionate about business or triathlete or running or, you know, just want to say hi, go, you know, shoot me a note. I'll, I'll respond to everybody, um, you know, and uh, otherwise, uh, Bonsante Group is the name of the business and look for us, uh, look for us on NASDAQ uh, before the end of the year. Perfect. Perfect. Well, hey, Ryan, it was a pleasure to have you on. Again, love your insight, what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Keep uh, inspiring your buddy to go out there and make sure he finishes his Ironman as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm secretly enjoying the time right now because I can only say for a short period of time that only one of us is an Ironman. Uh, so uh, I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying throwing that in, in his face right now. So I'll keep doing that until he finishes Chattanooga and he beats my time and then I'm sure I'm never going to hear the end of it. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And anyone, if anyone has any questions, comments, feedback, feel free to reach out to me at kenetheexecutiveathletes.com. But keep on listening, keep on crushing it. Go out there, make it happen. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Ken. Keep getting after it.